Well, church, thank God it's Friday, right? Happy Friday here in this, I believe, I guess we could term it this third week in Lent as we head towards the fourth Sunday of Lent. And today is Gospel Day, because Fridays should be Gospel Days, shouldn't they? And our text comes from John chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Let us calm our hearts before we begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. For God loved the world in this way, he gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and avoids it so that his deeds may not be exposed. But anyone who lives by the truth comes to the light so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is one of those texts that we, we all know. John 3.16. We, we see it at football games, right? But the danger is, is that once we know something and we know it really well, then either we take it for granted or we forget it. That it just becomes part of the culture becomes part of everyday life that no one really thinks about it. But here we have connections to so many different things in this one text. Jesus looking back at the text in Numbers and he says, you know what, that snake in the wilderness, that was me. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That that Moses lifts up that snake, that, that serpent, that bronze snake in it, and people look at it. They trust that God's promise will be true and they're healed. So here too, with the Son of Man, with Jesus, he's lifted up on that cross for you. It's one of the things that I love about a crucifix. When it has the corpus on it, the body on it, we can look at it and we can visualize the reality of what was done for us. An empty cross just looks like two sticks put together half the time. We don't remember or realize what it is that God has done. And here it's done so that everyone who believes in him may have eternal life. It's it's not just believe or or think that that it's okay or or just say, well, yeah, whatever. It's a full-on trust. It's a trust that that Son of Man lifted up on a cross is redemption in body and soul. To look at what looks like losing, that looks like failure, that looks like death, and instead what it is is victory and life in Jesus. That is what we see there in the cross. That's what the people of God in in Numbers found in that bronze serpent. They found that even though the serpents were still there, 
Death was with them at any moment. We look at the serpent and we get healed. We look at the Christ, even though sin exists and heartache and pain exists in this world, we look to Christ and we trust that that pain, that heartache, our sins cannot damn us. They cannot remove us from God. They cannot do anything to us apart from maybe give us a really bad day possibly hurt other people. And yet our redemption is found in Jesus, life in him. Because we are dead in trespasses and sins, Ephesians 2.1, but we've been made alive in Christ. And then we all know, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever might believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. It's funny that I have it basically memorized in the King James still from when I was little bubby. Um, But here I'm reading out of the Christian Standard Bible because it's the Bible that I picked up off my desk. But I love how it says it, for God loved the world in this way or this much. This is what God's love looks like. Here, let me paint a picture. And then he says, he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Not perish, not be destroyed, but have life in him, life in Christ. For God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That salvation is something important. It's important to the history of God's people. It's important to God. It's important to our understanding of who Christ is. And not salvation from, I don't want to go to hell. No. It's salvation from our own selves, from our own sins, the life that we need in him. And then anyone who believes in him is not condemned, but anyone who does not believe is already condemned because he has not believed in the name of the one and only Son of God. It basically says, if you trust in Christ, uh, you're not condemned. If you don't trust in Christ, you're condemned already because you're refusing the treatment. It's like you go into a hospital and the doctor says, I'm going to give you a shot and it's going to make you all better. And we say, no, I don't like shots. Don't give me a shot. I don't like shots. Well, we've condemned ourselves already. Because the cure is there, the help is there, but we don't want it. And here it's the same way for us. The cure has been presented. It's done. It happened. It's a historical reality that 2,000 years ago on a hill outside Jerusalem, Jesus Christ was given to die for you and for your sins. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. And that is what Christ has done for you. And if we trust in anything else or we distrust what it is that Christ has done, then we have ourselves in trouble. And so the judgment comes, the judgment of the fact that there's light and there's darkness and light is coming in the world to show us our need, that, that what it is that our deeds are to be exposed as our sins, our trespasses, our need for Jesus. The light comes that we might see our need for him and that light being Christ. And if we live by the truth, if we live by what it is that Christ gives to us, we've entered into light. We don't have to walk into the light. We trust that Christ is that and we live by it. And 
then it's so that his works may be shown to be accomplished by God. It's not our works, it's his. The Son of Man's works for us. We hold on to that. We have to hold on to that because everything else is going to fade away. Think of the pandemic right now and how much so many of us have lost. So many of us have not been able to have what it is that made us enough before. And yet that doesn't change us in the midst of who God is, who Christ is for us. It also means that all of our attempts to try and manage our own sin, to try and manage our own guilt, are not enough anymore. And we need Christ to uphold us. Let us pray. O God, rich in mercy, by the humiliation of your Son, you lifted up this fallen world and rescued us from the hopelessness of death. Lead us into your light, that all our deeds may reflect your love through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, go in peace. Serve the Lord. We will either see you on Sunday or next Wednesday for our midweek services. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.